ready prepared to die. She had nothing else to lose, and this was her only chance to revive Pina. She gave him a slight incline of the head and said, Thank you. For your help. First you saved my life, and now this. Silica looked down at the window and entered all of her kernel into the trade margin. There were more than ten pieces of equipment on his side, and they all seemed to be rare items you couldn't buy elsewhere. Um, I realize this is nowhere near enough for all of those. Nah, I don't need the money. These are all leftovers, and it sort of fits the reason I came here, anyway, he muttered mysteriously. He hit the OK button without accepting the gold. Thank you, this is all too much. Um, my name is Silica. Just a little bit, she was expecting him to be surprised at the name, you're that Silica? But it seemed he hadn't heard of her. For a second she was disappointed, and then she reminded herself that being conceited was what had gotten her into this mess. The man nodded, then extended a hand. I'm Carido. Guess we're working together for a bit. She grabbed his hand, and they shook. The man named Carido pulled a map of the Forest of Wander ING out of the pouch, hanging off his waist, checked to see which direction the exit of the forest was, and started walking. Silica trotted after him, putting Pina's feather to her lips and silently reassuring it. Just wait, Pina. I'll bring you back, I swear. The main city of the 35th floor was a pastoral farm town, full of houses with white walls and red roofs. It wasn't that large of a place, but it was currently a hotbed of mid-level player active ITY, so it was swarming with people. Silica considered Freven to be her hometown, down on the 8th floor. But since she didn't have the money to actually buy a home there, it was really no different from buying in rooms on any other floor. The biggest difference was the taste of the food. Served by the NPC proprietors, and Silica found this cook's cheesecake to her liking. She'd been in town for two weeks before. Finally starting on the forest of wandering. Silica walked down the large avenue to the teleport square. With Carito in tow, looking around curiously. Soon, players she recognized began calling out to her. Word had gotten around that. She was unaffiliated again, and the party invitations were flowing. You um, I appreciate the interest, but, Silica did her best to politely decline the offers, then glanced to the side at Carito. I'll be in a party with him for a little while. The disgruntled crowd protested, then shot suspicious looks at her new partner. Silica had seen his ability for herself, but his unassuming looks and reserved manner did not currently project an aura of strength to the crowd. He wasn't even equipped with any expensive-looking gear. He wore no visible armor, just an old, faded leather coat over his shirt. A single sword was slung over his back. Not even a shield. Hey, you. A tall man with a greatsword who was the most persistent of her suitors approached Carido and looked down on him. I haven't seen you around before, and I don't appreciate. You're cutting in line. We've been after her for ages. That said, that's just the way the cards fall sometimes, you. No. 
Carido scratched his head, uncomfortable with the attention. Silica turned to the accoster, slightly disappointed that Carido hadn't given him more of an argument. Um, I asked him to join me. Sorry. She bowed deeply one more time, then grabbed the sleeve of Carido's coat and walked away briskly. The men waved longingly. After her, announcing they'd send more messages. She cut across the teleport square and down the main street, which stretched northward. Once the crowd of players was no longer in sight, Silica gave a sigh of relief and looked up at Carito. I, I am sorry about all of that, no worries. Carito grinned at her, as if to show it didn't bother him in the least. I didn't realize you were so popular, Mississippi Silica. Just call me Silica. And I'm not, they're just inviting me to be their mascot, to make them look better. And, I let that attend tying get to my head, and wound up alone in the forest, and that's when thoughts of Pina brought back the tears. It'll be all right, Carito said, perfectly calm. We're going to bring Pina back. Don't worry about it. Silica wiped away her tears and smiled at him. Oddly enough, she couldn't help but believe him. Eventually, a two-story building much larger than the others came into view on the right side of the street. It was the weather vane, Silica's in, of choice. Suddenly, she realized that she'd brought Carito here without checking with him first. Oh, um, where is your home, Carito? I always stay on the 50th floor, but it'd be a pain to go back, so I'll just stay here for the night. Great. Silica clapped her hands. The cheesecake here is fantastic. But just as she was pulling Carito into the inn, a group of four or five people emerged from the item shop next door. It was the party she'd been working with for the previous two weeks. The men in front headed toward the square, oblivious, but the woman in the back just happened to turn around, and Silica looked straight into her eyes out of reflex. It was the very last person she wanted to see, the spearwoman. She'd squabbled with, leading to her breakup with the party in the forest of wandering. She hid her face and tried to sneak into the in without comment. Oh, is that Silica? She had no choice but to stop now. Hello again. Well well, you made it out of the forest. How fortunate of you. The woman with flashy red curls of hair, whose name was something like Rosalia, chuckled with a sneer. No use, crawling back to us now, though. We already divvied up the items. I told you I didn't want any. Excuse me, I'm busy. She tried to cut the conversation off short, but the woman wouldn't let her go. When she noticed the empty space on Silica's shoulder, a nasty leer crossed her lips. Oh, what happened to your little lizard? Silica bit her lip. A familiar couldn't be placed in item storage or kept elsewhere. If she didn't see Silica's friend around, there was only one explanation. Rosalia knew that, of course, but she played dumb, a smile sneaking across her lips. Oh, does that mean what I think it does? She died, but 
Silica glared at the spearwoman. I'm going. To bring Pina back to life. Rosalia's smug eyes widened slightly. She gave a soft whistle. Oh, so you're going to visit the Hill of Memories. Can you AC Tuli handle it at your level? She can, Carido cut in. He stepped forward, swinging his coat. In front of Silica. It's not that hard of a dungeon. Rosalia gave Carido an appraising look, and her red lips twisted. Into another sneer. Oh, did she lure you into working with her, too? You don't. Look all that tough. Silica was shaking with helpless anger. She hung her head, try ING to fight back tears. Let's go. Carido put a hand on her shoulder and guided her. Into the inn. Good luck, I guess. Rosalia chuckled after them, but they didn't turn around. The first floor of the weather vane was one large restaurant. Carido sat Silica at a table in the back, then went up to the NPC at the desk. He checked them in, clicking the menu above the counter, then returned. When he sat back down across from her, Silica prepared to apologize for that bit of unpleasantness, too. But Carido held up a hand to stop her, and he was smiling. Let's get something to eat first. The waiter came by at that moment, with two steaming mugs. They were filled with a curiously scented red liquid. Carido gave a toast to the formation of their new party, and Sil ICA took a sip of the hot beverage. Tasty. The spiced scent and sweetly sour flavor reminded her of the hot wine her father had let her taste ages ago. But Silica had tried every drink on the menu during her two-week stay and didn't read Dash. Remember this particular flavor. What is this? Carito gave her a wry smile. NPC restaurants let you bring in your own bottles. This is an item of mine called Ruby Icor. A cup of it will raise your agility stat by one. B but that must be so valuable. Hey, keeping liquor stuffed in your inventory doesn't make it taste better with age. Besides, I don't know many people, so there are few occasions to open it up. He shrugged, theatrically. Silica giggled and took another sip. The strangely familiar flavor seemed to loosen her heart, shrunken and hard after a day of much sadness. Even after the cup was empty, she kept it clutched to her chest, trying to savor its warmth. She looked down at the table and mutt-teared, why, would she say such awful things? Carito's face turned serious. He put down his cup. Have you played any other MMOs aside from SAO? It's my first. I see. Well, lots of people change personalities when they take on a new character in an online game. Some turn good, some turn evil, that's the basis for the turn role-playing game, see. But I think things are different with SAO. His eyes hardened for an instant. I mean, even trapped here, I do realize it's impossible for every single player in the game to work together toward the goal of clearing. But even then, there are far too many who delight in the misfortunate of others, those who steal, even those who kill, others. Carido stared right into Silica's eyes. Within the rage, she could see the color of an intense sadness. 
I think those who commit evil here are the ones who are truly sick in real life, he spat. But then he noticed the intimidated look on Silica's face and apologized with a smile. Then again, I don't have much room to talk. I'm not out there saving people left and right. I've even abandoned my partners too. Died before. Carido. Silica realized dimly that the black swordsman before her had to be harboring some incredible anguish. She wanted to share her sympathy, but cursed her shallow vocabulary for not having the words she sought. Instead, she found herself grabbing his fist on top of the table with both hands. You are a good person, Carido. You saved me. He tried to pull his hands back briefly, surprised, but stopped. Just as quickly. A gentle grin tugged at the corner of his mouth. And now I'm the one being cheered up. Thanks, Silica. In that instant, Silica felt a painful throb deep in her chest. Her heart began beating faster for no apparent reason. Her face was hot. She hastily let go of Carito's hand, then clutched hers too. Her breast. But that deep ache would not disperse. Is something wrong? He asked, leaning over the table. She shook her head vigorously, trying to summon a smile. I it's nothing. I'm just hungry. Once they'd finished dining on stew and black bread with cheesecake for dessert, it was already past eight o'clock. They decided it was best to get an early rest before tomorrow's visit to the 47th floor, so they headed up the weathervane stairs. A long procession of doors lined the wide hallway. Carito's room just happened to be next to Silica's. They looked to each other once more in tandem and, laughing, said good night. Before she changed into her nightwear, Silica decided to practice some combos with the new dagger Carito had given her. She tried to focus solely on the extra weight of this unfamiliar weapon, but the throbbing pulse in her chest wouldn't leave her alone. Despite the distraction, she eventually managed to pull off a five-hit combo without a mistake. Silica opened her window and unequipped her gear, then flopped into the bed in just her underwear. She smacked the wall to call the pop-up menu, then turned out the lights. She thought she'd sink right to sleep, given her fatigue, but for some reason, that relief did not come. Every night since she'd become friends with Pina, she'd slept, cradling that warm, fluffy body. Now her bed felt large and empty. After endless rolling back and forth, Silica finally gave up and rose to a sitting position. She looked at the wall on the left. That separated her room from Carito's. I want to talk to him some more. She was slightly alarmed at the realization. She'd only known him for half a day, and he was a boy. She'd always been careful not to get too close to them, so what made this enigmatic swordsman any different? Silica couldn't explain how her own mind worked. She glanced at the lower right-hand corner of her vision to see that it was nearly ten o'clock now. The footsteps of players pass ING through the street below her window had died out, and the only sound from outside was the distant howling of a dog. That would be silly. 
I should just go to sleep. But contrary to her thought process, Silica silently slipped out of her bed. I'll just knock real quietly, she told herself. She checked her equipment menu and put on the cutest tunic she owned. A few steps into the candlelit hallway, she hesitated before his door. Many moments later, Silica finally raised her right hand and gave two hesitant knocks. By default, all doors in the game are completely soundproof and do not let voices in or out. The only exception is within 30 seconds of a knock, and Carito's response came almost immediately, the door opened. Carito had taken off his equipment and was wearing a simple shirt. His eyes grew wide when he saw her. Is something wrong? Um. Silica panicked, just now realizing that she had no good excuse for coming over. Saying that she wanted to talk was just too childish to admit. Um, well, uh, you see, I.W. wanted to ask about the 47th floor. Fortunately, he accepted her reason without further question. Oh, sure. Want to go downstairs, then? Well, actually, I was hoping to talk in your room, she answered automatically, then hastily added, be because we wouldn't. Want anyone overhearing that valuable information? Uh, well, that's true, but... Carrito scratched his head uncomfortably, but finally muttered, okay then, and opened the door wide to let her in. His room was exactly the same as hers, the bed was on the right, and a single tea table and chair were on the other side of it. There were no other fixtures in the room. The lantern built into the left-hand wall was giving off an orange light. Carrito gave Silica the chair and sat on the bed, then opened his menu. He produced a small box with familiar ease. The box contained a small crystal ball. It glinted with the light of the lantern. It's so pretty, what is it? It's called a mirage sphere. Carrito clicked the sphere with his finger to bring up another menu. He hit some buttons and pressed OK. The orb began glowing blue, and a holographic image AP paired above it. The picture seemed to be of an entire floor of Ancrad. The towns and forests were depicted in fine detail, down to the individual trees. It was nothing like the simple maps you could view from your system menu. Wow. Silica was spellbound by the transparent blue terrain. She felt that if she squinted hard enough, she might even be able to make out tiny people traveling the roads. This is the main town, and here's the Hill of Memories. We take this path here, but there are some tricky monsters around this area. Carrito pointed out the various features of the 47th floor with his finger, easily recalling all the pertinent information. His calm, steady voice filled Silica with a gentle warmth. And once we cross this bridge, the hill will be in sight. Suddenly, his voice cut off. Shoo! Carrito had a finger to his lips, his face stern. He cast a sharp glance at the door. Like a bolt of lightning, he burst off the bed and to the door, wrenching it open. Who's there? Silica heard thumping footsteps racing away. She hurried to 
the doorway, sticking her face around the frame beneath Carido's body, and saw a figure just before it rushed down the staircase at the far end of the hall. W.H. What? I think we were overheard, B. But, I thought you couldn't hear voices through doors. If your eavesdropping skill is good enough, you can. But few. People bothered to level it up that high. Carito walked back inside and closed the door. He sat down on the bed, lost in thought. Silica seated herself next to him, her arms wrapped around her body. She was plagued by looming unease. But why would someone eavesdrop on? I think we'll find out soon enough. Hang on, I'm going to write a message. He gave her a dry grin, put away the crystal map, then opened a message window. His fingers flew over the hollow keyboard. Silica curled into a ball on the bed behind him. Memories from her long-lost real life were flooding back. Her father was a freelance newswriter. He was always hunched over an ancient computer, tapping the keys with a grimace on his face. She had always liked watching his working form from behind. Her fear was gone now. As she gazed at the sight of Carito's face, Silica was wrapped in a long-forgotten warmth and was asleep before she knew it. Silica slowly opened her eyes at the sound of the ringing chime in. Her ears. The morning alarm was only audible to her. It was seven. O'clock a.m. She pushed the covers off and sat up. Silica was not a morning person, but she was in a surprisingly good mood today. Her mind felt cleansed and clear in the way that only a good, deep sleep could provide. Yawning widely, she turned to step out of the bed, then stopped with a jolt. The morning light streaming through the window illuminated a sleeping figure, seated on the ground with his top half-prop up against the bed. She was about to scream, thinking it was an intruder, only to remember where she had fallen asleep last night. I dozed of in Carito's room and never left. With that realization, her face grew as hot as though a monster were blowing fire breath on it. Knowing the graphical engine of SAO tended to exaggerate facial emotions, she wouldn't be surprised if actual steam was coming off of her. Carito must have left her in the bed as she slept, then decided to take the floor instead. Silica covered her face with both hands and writhed in embarrassment and guilt. After half a minute, she collected her thoughts and slipped out of the bed. Tiptoeing around to the other side, she bent down to look at him. The dark swordsman's sleeping face was so unexpectedly cherubic that Silica had to stifle a giggle. His hard glare made him seem much older when awake, but right now he didn't look that far off from her own age. It was fun to sit there spying on her oblivious prey, but Silica knew they had more important things to do and gently prodded his shoulder. Carito, it's morning. His eyes instantly snapped open, then blinked rapidly for several seconds as he stared at her. His dazed expression suddenly turned to alarm. Oh, s sorry. He bowed. I was going to wake you up, but you were sleeping so peacefully. I tried to carry you back to your 
room, but the door was locked, so. The game ensured that it was impossible to break into a room. Rented out by another player, so if you weren't on the guests. Friend list, there was no way to force your way inside. Silica hurriedly waved her hands. And no, it's my fault. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have hogged your bed. Don't worry about it. You don't wake up with aches and pains. Here, no matter how you fall asleep. Carito rose to his feet, crack ing his neck in seeming contradiction to what he'd just said. He raised his hands and stretched, then looked down at Silica as though remembering something. Well, first off, good morning. Oh. Good morning. Together, they laughed. The pair went downstairs to eat a hearty breakfast in preparation for the hill of memories on the 47th floor, then walked out into the bright sunlight of early morning. The daytime players who were just getting their daily adventure started and the nighttime players who were coming home from a long hunt crossed paths in the street with very different expressions. They stocked up on potions and the like from the item shop next to the inn before heading for the teleport gate. Fortunately, they were able to get there without the pushy suitors from yesterday harassing them. Silica stopped short just before jumping into the glowing blue portal. Oh, I don't know the name of the town on the 47th floor. She was about to bring up her map to recall it when Carito held out his hand. Don't worry, I'll lead the way. Hesitantly, she took his hand. Teleport, Floria. A bright light flashed and swallowed them both. After a momentary tugging sensation, the visual effect wore off, and Silica's vision was filled with a different explosion of color. Wow, she exclaimed with delight. The teleport square of the 47th floor was full of countless flowers. Narrow lanes in four directions framed the open space, and the rest of the curved plaza was walled off into large brick flower beds overflowing with an infinite array of unfamiliar flora. This is incredible. Most people call this floor the flower garden. The whole 47th floor is covered with flowers, not just the town. If you've got time, there's even the forest of giant flowers on the North Edge. Maybe some other time. Silica smiled at Carito and bent over a nearby flower bed. She stuck her face into a pale flower that resembled a blue bottle and breathed in its scent. The flower was exquisitely rendered with five delicately veined petals, white stamens, and a light green stalk. Of course, not every flower in this very flower bed was so lovingly detailed to say nothing of the countless plants and buildings that existed throughout Aincrad. The system simply didn't have the sheer resources required to handle so much detail, no matter how high-functioning the SAO mainframe was, to avoid this overload but still provide its players with a feel-ing of realism, SAO employed a feature called the detail-focusing system. If a player showed interest in an object and looked at it, Closely, the game would automatically adjust and render the object in finer detail. When Silica had first heard about that capability, she actually held herself back from squinting at everything in sight, feeling 
guilty about causing extra stress on the system. But here, she was. Unable to stop herself, flitting from flower to flower like a bee, adoring each one in turn. Once she'd had her fill of the sweet scent, Silica finally stood. Up and looked around the plaza again. Most of the people. Strolling the narrow paths among the flowerbeds were couples, hand in hand or arm in arm, chatting delightedly. So it was one. Of those spots. Silica snuck a glance at Carito, who was standing. Idly at her side. Do we look like the others? She thought, then felt her face explode with heat. Silica tried to hide her embarrassment with a rousing rallying cry. Elle let's head out into the fields, then. Uh, sure. Carito blinked once, but quickly nodded and took off at her. Sighed. Even past the teleport plaza, the streets of the town were filled. With flowers. Silica thought about her meeting with Carito yesterday as she strolled through the exploding color. It was impossible. To think that it hadn't even been a full day ago, that's how impertant the black swordsman had become to her. She threw a sidelong glance at him, wondering if he felt the same way, but his face was that same placid mask that defied any reading. Silica hesitated, but eventually spoke. Um, do you mind if I ask about your sister, Carito? W-H-Y her, all of a sudden? Well, you said I reminded you of her. So I was curious. The topic of the real world was the greatest taboo in Aincrad, for several reasons. Primarily, there was the fear that if you rain forced the falseness of SAO by hearkening to the real world, it might subconsciously loosen one's grasp of the true finality of death in this world. But even then, Silica still wanted to know about the sister she resembled. She wanted to know what he sought from her in return, whether it was to be a surrogate family member or not. Well, we weren't really very close, he eventually mumbled. She's actually not my sister, but my cousin. She was raised in our family from birth, for certain reasons, but she probably doesn't know the truth. Maybe that's why I've always kind of kept my distance from her. I didn't even like coming face to face with her at home. He sighed faintly. Plus, my grandfather's the strict type. He forced the both of us to start taking kendo lessons at a nearby dojo when I was eight, but I could never get into it, I quit after two years. Well, I got a good whopping for that one, my sister cried her eyes out and stuck up for me, saying she'd practice hard enough for both of us. After that I got heavily into computers, and she really did. Stick with Kendo, she was placing highly in national tournaments. Right before Grandpa died. He must have been happy about that. Anyway, I've always felt inferior to her since then. That just made me more self-conscious around her, and here I am now. Carito stopped for a moment, then looked down at Silica. So maybe I helped you because I'm just satisfying my own needs. I guess I'm doing this out of the guilt I feel toward my sis, Tur sorry, I know it's weird. Silica was an only child, she didn't entirely understand the feelings Carito mentioned, but she felt she could understand a bit of what his sister was going through, for some reason. I don't think your sister blamed you for what happened. I mean, you can't work that hard at something without enjoying it.
she must really love Kendo, she said, trying to find the right words as she went along. Kirito grinned. All you do is cheer me up, maybe you're right. I hope you are. Silica felt the warmth in her chest begin to spread. She was delighted that he had opened up to her. Eventually, they reached the southern gate of town. A silvery arch hung over the path, vines bursting with white flowers, twined over the slender metal frame. The main street continued through it, into the green hills to the south, before vanishing in the spring. Haze. Well, here's where our adventure starts. Yep. Silica let go of Carito's arm and pulled herself together before. Nodding. Between your level and that equipment, none of the monsters. Here should be unmanageable for you. But. He rummaged in the small pouch fixed to his belt, pulling out a sky-blue crystal and dropping it in Silica's palm. It was a teleport crystal. You never know what might happen out there. If something unexpected occurs, and I tell you to get out of there, use this cry's towel to jump back to this town. Got that? Don't worry about me. Be but. Just promise me that. I've lost an entire party before. I don't want to make that mistake again. Carito's face stayed hard, and Silica had no choice but to nod. He repeated his demand for a promise, then smiled to put her at ease. All right, let's go. Okay, Silica grabbed the dagger on her waist and swore inwardly that she wouldn't panic like she had yesterday. She was going to use all of her strength to fight. However, Aakak. W-H what is that? It's so creepy. Just a few minutes after they'd headed south into the 47th floor wilderness, they had their first encounter with a monster. Eek. Get away from me. A simple description for the unsettling thing that pushed its way through the tall grass might be a walking flower. It's dark. Green stem was as thick as a human arm, and the countless roots. That split off from the base, gripped the ground firmly. Atop the stem, or torso, if you wanted to call it that, was a huge yellow sunflower-like head with a gaping, toothy mouth in the middle, the interior a poisonous shade of red. Two meaty-looking vines snaked out of the middle of the stem, suggesting that the monster attacked with its arms and mouth. The man-eating flower leered widely and lunged at silica, brandishing its tentacle-like arms. Silica's love of flowers only made her recoil harder in disgust at the delicate plant's grotesque carry catcher. I said, go away. She swung her dagger wildly, eyes mostly closed. Carito's exasperated assurance soon followed. Don't worry, it's super weak. Just aim for the whitish part. Right beneath the flower, Anne. Be but it's so gross. You're never going to last if you can't handle this. Some monsters have multiple flowers, some are like giant flytraps, some have a million slimy tentacles. Yeek eek. Carito's descriptions were giving Silica goosebumps. Her panicked sword skill was predictably, woefully inaccurate. In the momentary pause after she unleashed the skill, the flower slipped in. Close, wrapping its two vines around her legs and lifting her up.
into the air with surprising strength. Wuha! Silica's vision spun upside down, and the system's virtual. Gravity callously did its work, sliding her skirt downward over her belly. Gua! She shrieked, extending her left hand to hold the skirt in place. While she swiped out with the right, trying to sever the vine. Her unfamiliar position made that difficult. Face red with frustration, Silica finally shrieked for assistance. H help me, Carito. Don't look, but help me. That's kind of impossible, he murmured, covering his eyes. With one hand. The giant flower shook her left and right in a par-end entertainment. W would you, just, knock it off? Silica removed her hand from her skirt to grab the vine, then. Severed it with a slash. She felt herself fall, but the flower's neck. Was now in range, so she tried another sword skill. It struck true. This time, and the giant flower head rolled away before the entire. Creature exploded. Silica plopped to the ground amid the flying. Polygons, then turned to Carito. Did you see them? The swordsman in black peeked at Silica through his fingers. No, ma'am. After another five encounters, Silica was getting used to the AP parents of the monsters, and their progress was much faster. She did think she was going to pass out when the urchin-like. Monster slimed her from head to toe with its tentacles, though. For the most part, Carito stayed out of the battles, only stepping in to deflect blows with his sword when Silica was in trouble. Experience was awarded in proportion to the damage dealt when fighting with a party. By fighting these high-level monsters, and doing nearly all the work, Silica was gaining EXP at a rapid rate, and she had already leveled up once. A ways down the red brick path, they came to a little bridge over a running brook. On the other side of the bridge was a much larger hill than the others, and the path wound up it to the top. That's the hill of memories. It doesn't seem to have any branching paths from here, does it? Nope. Just one straight trail all the way to the top, but they say you have to fight a considerable number of monsters. Let's be cautious. Got it. Soon. Soon Pina would be alive again. Her pace quickened. As Karita warned, the encounter rate rose rapidly as they made their way through the wildly colored flowers up the hill. The plant-like monsters were bigger than before, but the black dagger that Karito gave Silica was stronger than it looked, and one good combination attack was enough to take down most of their foes. Speaking of surprises, Karito also proved to be far more powerful than she'd realized. She knew that he was at a high level when she first saw him. Dispatch two drunk apes with a single blow, but they were now twelve floors higher in Aincrad, and he still wasn't breaking a sweat. When they ran across multiple monsters, he would leave one and blast the others, returning to supervise Silica seconds later. But the stronger he proved to be, the more suspicious she became. What had such a powerful swordsman been doing down on the 35th floor? He made it sound like he had some business in the Forest of Wandering, but she'd never heard of any particularly rare items or monsters emerging from its shadows. S.H. vowed to ask him when this adventure was over.
the incline grew steeper as they made their way up the hill. They fought off ever fiercer foes and wound their way through a copse of tall trees to see the top of the hill ahead. Wow. Without thinking, she rushed forward several steps and raised. A joyous shout. It was like a field of flowers in the sky. Trees surrounded the vicinity, but the entirety of the open space was completely full of beautiful flowers. We finally made it, huh, Carrito said as he approached from the rear, sheathing his sword in the scabbard on his back. And is this where the special flower is? Yeah. There's a big rock in the middle somewhere, and the flowers on top of Silica took off running before he could finish. Sure enough, she could see a shining white boulder in the center of the field. When she reached the chest-high rock, her breath ragged, she peered over to see what was on top. Huh. There was nothing there. A few small blades of grass peppered the hollowed-out top of the rock-like strings, but there was no flower to be seen. It's not here, Carito, there's nothing here, she called out to him as he reached the rock. The tears came welling up again, unstoppable. That can't be right, there, see? Silica followed his glance back to the rock to see. Ah. A new bud was stretching upward from the tender grass even. Now. The focus system kicked in at her gaze, and the bud sharpened into much finer detail. Two pure white leaves opened like a clam, and a thin, sharp stem sprouted out from between them. The plant grew thicker and taller before her eyes like a time-lapse video she once watched in science class, and eventually a large bulb formed at the end. Bizarrely enough, the sparkling white tear-shaped bulb was emitting a crimson light from within. As Silica and Carrito held their breaths, the tip of the growth bulged, and with the chime of a bell, it popped open. Motes of light danced in the air. The two were frozen still for a moment, content to gaze upon the tiny white flower, a delicate miracle unfolding before their eyes. Seven thin petals opened like starlight, and the gentle glow from within the flower spilled out, to melt into the air. Silica looked up at Carito, unsure if she should really touch such a beautiful thing. He flashed her an encouraging smile, and nodded slowly. She returned the gesture and reached out to the flower. The instant she touched the thread-like stalk, it crumbled as if made of the thinnest ice, leaving only the glowing flower in her palm. Holding her breath, she traced the surface with a finger. Silently, the info window popped open, Numa flower. With this, I can bring back Pina. Yep. You just have to sprinkle the dew that builds up inside the flower onto the heart item. But there are lots of tough monsters around here, so we should probably head back to town be dash. For that. Just a bit more patience, and we'll be back before you. Know it. Let's go. Okay. She opened her inventory and placed the flower on top. Once. It had shown up in the list, she closed the window. Silica was dying to use the teleport crystal to return instantly, but she stifled her impatience and started walking. That crystal was exorbitantly expensive and for emergencies only. Fortunately, they met far fewer monsters on the return trip. 
combined with the increased pace of the downward slope, they were back at the foot of the hill in no time at all. Another hour on the road to town, and I'll see Pina again. But just as she was crossing the bridge over the brook for the second time, her heart leaping in her chest, Carito's hand came down on her shoulder from behind. She turned around with a start to see a stern glare on his face, pointed toward the grove of trees surrounding the path on the other side of the bridge. He called out a command in a low, menacing voice. Whoever's lying in wait over there, show yourself. Huh. Silica hurriedly focused on the grove, but she couldn't see anyone. After a few tense seconds, the leaves rustled. A player cursor sprang into being, green, so it wasn't a criminal. To her shock, Silica recognized the figure that appeared. Hair as red as fire, lips the same shade, black leather armor. That gleamed like enamel, and a thin cross-shaped spear in her. Hand. R. Rosalia, what are you doing here? Rosalia ignored Silica's bewilderment and simply smirked. Your search skill must be pretty impressive to see through. My hiding attempt, swordsman. Have I underestimated you? It was then that she at last turned to Silica. I'm guessing that you succeeded in procuring the Numa. Flower, Silica. Congratulations. Silica took several steps backward, suspicious of Rosalia's M.O. Tive. She had a bad feeling about this, and a second later, that fear was confirmed. And now, I need you to hand over that flower. W.H., what for? Now Carito stepped forward to speak again. That's not going to happen, Rosalia. Or perhaps I should refer to you by your proper title, leader of the Orange Guild, Titan's Hand. Her eyebrows shot upward and the smirk disappeared. In SAO, players who the system recognized as committing certain crimes, theft, assault, murder, were branded with an orange player cursor rather than green. Because of that, criminals were called orange players and their guilds orange guilds. Sil ICA was aware of this, but she'd never actually seen one for herself. Huh, but, her cursor is, green. Not everyone in an orange guild is actually orange. The green. Members identify their marks in town, slip into parties, then. Guide the victims, to an ambush point. Our eavesdropper last. Knight was one of her friends. But, oh my god. Silica looked at Rosalia, stunned. Th then, the entire two weeks she were in our party, it was. Just. Rosalia flashed that venomous smile again. That's right. I was gauging the strength of the party, waiting. For you to fatten your purses with more gold for the taking. Today, was supposed to be my collection day, but, she licked her lips. I had to change my plans when the most promising part of the group dropped out, didn't I? And it seems I made the right call. The Numa flower's quite a rare item, and demand is high. Good intelligence is worth its weight in gold. She stopped there, looking at Carito, and shrugged. And knowing all that, you still went along with her little act. Are you really that dense? Or did she tempt you with that sweet? Young body? Silica saw red rage at Rosalia's insult. She was about to draw her dagger when Carito grabbed her shoulder. Neither.
he was still calm. I've been looking for you, Rosalia. And what does that mean? Ten days ago, you attacked the Silver Flags Guild on the 38th floor. Four of them were killed, only the leader escaped. Oh, that penniless lot. She didn't even raise an eyebrow. Well, their leader hung around the teleport gate on the latest floor, tearfully begging anyone who came by to help him get read dash. Venge.Carito's voice was cold now, a sharpened blade of ice that threatened to cut anything it touched, but when I decided to take up his request, he didn't ask me to kill you. He wanted me to put you and your cohorts into the jail beneath Black Iron Palace. Can you understand what he's going through? Not really, Rosalia said, uninterested. What are you getting so worked up about, anyway? It's pathetic. There's no proof that the people you kill here are actually dead. Even if it's true, they can't try us in court when we get back. And don't get me started on how silly it is to preach about justice and laws when we don't even know if we can get back. People like you are the worst, the ones who bring all their logic with them into a world like this. Her eyes flashed menacingly. So you took that weakling at his word and tracked us down, did you? You must not have anything better to do. Well, I'll admit that I took your bait, but what do you think you're going to AC Compelish, just the two of you? A sadistic leer spread across her lips. Twice, she waved her ex-tended finger high in the air. The next instant, the overgrowth at the sides of the path beyond the bridge rustled wildly as numerous figures emerged from hiding. Several cursors popped into Silica's view. Nearly all of them were glowing a malevolent orange. There were ten in all. If Carito hadn't noticed the ambush, she would have skipped right over the bridge and into their trap. The only other green cursor. Among all, that orange belonged to a man with the exact same spiky hair she'd seen vanishing around the corner of the inn hall way the previous night. 